Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new week of the Bible Reading Plan podcast. It is uh, Tom Joustry here again all week, and um, I invited uh, my friend Doug Dreyer uh, to be my guest this week. So thanks, Doug, for saying yes. You're welcome. Hi, everybody. Hello, yes. And um, as you know, um, we are kind of doing kind of this Bible reading podcast podcast, right, in kind of a different way than we have done for the 490-some episodes before this. In fact, I think, Doug, if I counted correctly, this is the 500th episode. Yes. So that's why I picked you. Oh, well, thank you, Tom. (laughs) I I think Matt said something about that this morning on the Tuesday podcast with Kim. Oh. He said he's getting close to 500, then I noticed the number, and I said, I think 500 is Monday... (laughs) The whatever Monday, what's the date on Monday that we're starting? Uh, whatever. It's Monday, yeah. it's Monday today, right? Monday. September something. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I don't know, listeners, if you're expecting this grand thing because it's the 500th episode. It's just Doug and me. Well, it's just Doug and I. Of course, they okay. can't see it. We have cake and ice cream. And That's right. <laughs> party hats. <laughs> and... No, we don't. But... Well, anyway, welcome uh, again. Thank you for, for joining us today on the podcast. And Doug, in case anybody uh, doesn't really know who you are, because um, I know some listeners probably don't know who you are exactly. Could you just introduce yourself a little bit? Well, as Tom said, my name is Doug Dreyer. I uh, am married to Pam. Uh, a lot of people that attend Victory Point know who Pam is. She is the office administrator and the event coordinator here. We've been married for 39 years. 39. We have three kids. Um, our oldest is married, well, Heather, Hillary, and Mitchell is married to Chad. Hillary's getting married in January, and uh, Mitchell is still single. And we have a four-and-a-half-month-old granddaughter. That's right. So that's all new to us, and that's really fun. And what's her name? Isla. How do you spell Isla? I-S-L-A. Okay, so like like like, like the British Isles kind yes, of. With it is. I-S, that's right? Okay. Like how they pronounce or oh, they, they spell it. Right. The Isla. Yes. Isla, very cool. Yes. And I'm guessing she brings a lot of joy. Oh, it's way more fun than your own kids. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so what do you do for work? Like, what do you do during I the week? I actually am a farmer slash agribusinessman. I, I raise chickens, and I also have a commercial feed mill we feed different animals out of. Okay. Yeah. And now this is not in Holland here, is it? No, I actually, I have a commute every day all the way to Hamilton. Hamilton, yeah, okay. so we... Uh, have been down there for a number of years, and my office is down there, and I, I run down there every day. Cool. And uh, still working most time, not not like I used to, but uh, mm-hmm. but I'm still working. If, if golf doesn't get in the way. Oh, golf, of course. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so how many chickens am I ask approximately? Um, we have we raise a little over three million birds a year. Oh my goodness, three million. Yes. That's a lot of birds. So these birds are all, I'll get too deep here, but these birds are all for eggs. So we get baby chicks. We raise them until they're old enough, mature, to lay eggs, and okay. then we sell them to local egg farmers oh. and around the Midwest. Interesting. So you don't do eggs. No. We you just breed. raise them to just give out to the egg farmers. Correct. Oh, okay. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yes. Thanks and for then, sharing and that. And in case you didn't know, they are called pullets. P- pullets. P-U-L-L-E-T-S. Okay. That's an immature laying hen. 
Okay, so it's a female. Yes. The pullets are. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. All right, so I learned something new. Yes. Look at that yeah. about chickens. There you go. It's a good day for you. Yes. <laughs> well, if any of you who listen to the podcast at all, um, well, many of you know that, that when it's my turn for to do the podcast during the week, I sometimes do a little something strange, okay? And so, Doug, since you are such an expert on pullets, or since you are such an expert on chickens, I'm wondering how much of an expert you are on Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay, so what I have here are 10 questions. I'm going to ask you two a day, okay? They're multiple-choice questions, and you have to— your goal is to try to get seven of these right. Okay. And it's all about Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay, so (laughs) Doug's face is like, okay. (laughs) Okay. All right, so here we hear question number one about uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. So what was Colonel Sanders' first name? Harland, Henry, or Harold? Harlan. You are correct. So you are one for one. Okay, one for one. Here we go. Number two. And this one kind of surprised me. The first restaurant that went by the name Kentucky Fried Chicken opened in what city? I thought it it must be a city in Kentucky, but no. Was it Chicago, Salt Lake City, or Dallas? This is total trivia. Yes, that one... the first, I know you're just guessing probably. The first KFC opened in what city? Chicago, Salt Lake Let's City. Let's try or, Chicago. It is not Chicago. It was Salt Lake City. I would have never. No. Have been third. Utah. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that was the first. I mean, we know that he sold his chicken in Kentucky, right, first. But the first uh, place that was called Kentucky Fried Chicken was in actually Salt Lake City. Right. So you All are right. one for two. Okay. You're one for two. Let's go live. Right, that's right. <laughs> but now the real reason why we're here. Um, we are, for the three months of September, October, November, we're kind of going through the story of the Bible from from Garden, the Garden of Eden, to the Garden, okay, in Revelation. Another way to think of it as we're, we're looking at the story of the Bible from creation to the new creation. And we today are in the book of Exodus. We're at the part of the story where the Ten Commandments are given to uh, God's people. And there's a little section in uh, Exodus 20 also about idols and altars. But Doug and I are just going to concentrate on verses 1 through 21, which are the Ten Commandments, and then a couple little verses after that. And then after we um, read that passage, we'll kind of have a little discussion about that. So here we go. I'll read um, Exodus 20, verses 1 through 21. Here we go. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and on it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. And therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. 
You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Then when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. All right, so first of all, Doug, what what do these verses kind of tell you about our God? Well, the first thing that came to me was um, in verse 2, God proclaims his kingship over Israel. And I think think this is the first time he proclaims that and I think Israel understood that terminology because they were in a world where there was wars and conquering and they realized once they were conquered or taken over by a new king they had to obey his rules Mm. and that just kind of struck me because I don't remember God ever saying that before when he completely you know in verse 2 he says I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and so he proclaims that as as their king Mm. And I, I re, it relates to that later in the passage where he talks about kings, but uh, that's the first thing that kind of came to me. Yeah. So, specific, specifically in verse 2 there where he says, I am the Lord your God, that little piece there is the, what's making you think, oh, he's declaring himself yeah, as the king. Right, and I think I, I, I read that, and maybe in another, um, I have an NIV in front of me, but I think I read it in another version that it was it talked more about the king. He right. Was, uh, I'm the king. right. And uh, um, so, so if God is our King, um, what, what does that mean for us? Or what, I should say, what does that mean for the people of Israel? Before we get to the us part. Well, so if He's people, their King, then because they understood in that world where they were, I, I believe that where the world they lived in, right, there was always wars. A new king took over. They became slaves. They had to obey the king's yeah. rules. So before He gives us the rules of the Ten Commandments. He said, I'm your king, and because of that, you have to follow yeah. this. Okay. So, yeah, so he declared himself as king. Yes. My, yeah, the first thing I wrote down is, I didn't use the word king, but I, I circled the words brought you out of. And so, to me, the first thing that came to my mind about God is he brought the people of Egypt out of, well, in their case, out of the land of slavery. And right away, I thought of me. Well, what has he brought me out of? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that would be that 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 land of sin, where I, where 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 I'm just a sinner, and I'm I'm not righteous in God's eyes. I'm I'm a, I'm a sinner, and I I just I said he's a deliverer. That's kind of what kings did back then. They right. delivered people or they conquered people, right? Agree. But, but in this case, he's like, hey, I'm your yeah. deliverer. Yeah, I'm your I'm your king deliverer because right. I'm taking you either into slavery or out of slavery because I'm I'm conquering. You're right. my people now. Now you have become my people. And then along with that, you know, verses 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, whatever, those, those first couple commandments there, I mean, I think God is really showing the people that because I'm your king, because I am your deliverer, I want to be number one in your life. Correct. I, yes. Right? No other yes. gods before me. Don't make for yourself an image of me or anything. You know, don't misuse my name. Um, so that's another thing mm-hmm. about who our God is. Yes. Yeah. Which kind of leads us into... Um, so what does this passage tell us about people or about us? What would you have for that? 
Well, uh, a couple things, but the one I think um, people want to latch on to things they can see. And I think it's hard for us to latch on sometimes to the invisible. And I think that was a challenge for them at the time because they were scared. You know, they didn't want God to come in front of them, but they want to latch on to something they can see and mm. they will follow that. And that's what I think, you know, we are that way. If we can't see it, we really don't sometimes believe it. Right. So I, that's my thought about That's people. what you saw about people. Uh, yes. Right? Yeah. And I, um, I kind of focused on verses, like the part about the Sabbath. Oh, okay. Okay, verses like 8 through 11 there. Um, I, th- I, th- I think people need a Sabbath. I agree. You know, yeah. God needed a Sabbath, right? When he created this world, he took a Sabbath, right, on the seventh day. And I think we humans need a Sabbath as well. You know, we just need that time to like <laughs> refresh, refocus, spend time with God's people, yes. and go at it again that I, next week. That that part came to me too, and I go, I don't know where to go with that because the world has changed so much in how we treat Sunday. But Sunday doesn't necessarily have to be your Sabbath, right? That's true. So, so that's you know. So I thought, yeah, I, I kind of went more. Um, no, that's right. That, that's good. I, yeah. yeah, I like what right. you said there. And, but I like what you said. It doesn't have to be, oh, I have to have my Sabbath on Sunday. No. You know, it could be, hey, there's, there could be things throughout the week that cause you or give you Sabbath rest right. and that help you to abide, right, with, with yeah. God the Father and, and mm-hmm. Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Maybe your Saturday is your Sabbath because you right. don't have any pressures right. or anything else to do that yeah. day, and you could just focus on... God and, re- and enjoy the things in your world, whether it's exactly. your garden or your flower bed or your, yeah. you know, right, football. exactly. <laughs> football, is, yeah, right. But I, that, but that's what I took it. I took it from it that you know we people and Lord created Sabbath for us. And finally, um, so as we kind of wrap up here for Monday, um, is there something that you felt the Lord tugging at your heart with, or something that you felt the Lord telling you specifically in this passage? I guess I felt that God was telling me through this that these are rules, and sometimes we like to go against the rules because we just hate people throwing rules at us. We do. But what I got from him, what he talked me about, is like he knows I need these rules, and they're not for to oppress me, but they're for my my freedom mm. from guilt and shame mm. because— It'll produce a more complete life if we can live a life without guilt and shame. Right. And that's kind of what I gathered that he was at least telling me about it. So that's why the rules are there. Yes. Okay. Not to be oppressive, not to say no, 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 but to say, you do these, if you follow my guidance, not just Ten Commandments, my guidance, Yes. it gives you freedom. I like that. My guidance gives you freedom. I know a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, Kevin was talking about um, a soccer field you know, right. now there's rules, right? There's yes. rules on that field. Um, and if you break those rules, it's chaos. Right. That's kind of what you're saying. Yes. Right? Yeah, because it's yeah, just like go back to Kevin's. I mean, there's no end line, no sideline, no goalposts. How do you know what you're supposed to do? And we're going right. to talk more about rules during this week. <laughs> Wait till tomorrow, <laughs> <Yes>. folks. <laughs> and uh, so I just, that's what he told me. And I just, well, you're, thank you, Lord, because that to me, I gotta realize they're for my freedom and right. for my good, not right. for to make me feel bad about myself. Right. And so, listeners, as you go into your Monday, 
um, remember that fact, right? We, we, the Lord has given us commands. The Lord has given us ways to live, and it's not to oppress us, okay? It's, it's to guide us, right? Because he knows the type of living that's going to be guilt-free and shame-free, right? Yes. All right. Okay. Well, thanks, Doug. Um, we will um, wrap it up here for today, and we'll hopefully see you guys back here tomorrow. See you All tomorrow. Right? Bye-bye. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.